Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. My name is Keith Fifeson. On this episode of the Microdose Wonderland Interviews, we speak with Shaheen Etaman and Jonathan Lau, and they are both co-founders at Vicenna, a biotech, brain tech, and mental wellness company. They specifically have this product that I was very intrigued with called Magi, which is food for the gods, for the good mind. For uh, And they talk about it from the viewpoint it's based on ancient Iranian psychoactive elixir of truth, Heoma. It's an interesting product, interesting people. I hope you enjoy the interview. I certainly enjoyed them. Listen in to our interview. It's a little noisy, but hang in there. Lots of good stuff to say. Keith Fiveson here at the Microdose Wonderland Conference, and I am sitting with Dr. Shaheen Etnaman. I get that right? Etnaman. Thank you so much. And uh, John Liu, who just did a conference here uh, presentation, uh, which really intrigued me about their company Vicenna, which is involved with. Uh, uh, well, tell me, tell me exactly what you, you're involved with. What's the, what's the product? Because the product really is to go ahead and uh, you were involved with the Psychedelics and Religion Conference. How does that, how does the product relate to religion? And how does it relate to Taoism and Zoroastrianism? Yeah, this is uh, where we're related is what humans since the dawn of time have always been seeking, which is our own personal insight and meaning for why are we here? and and uh, what do we understand about ourselves. And whether you're talking about science, religion, medicine, uh, you're talking about the early religious tribes of the Amazonians, like Albia was discussing on stage, or the Taoists of China from 2,000 years ago, or the Zoroastrians of Iran. Um, these plants, these compounds, have never cared what label we put on them, whether it's science or religion or, or medicine. These have all just been used in the purpose of our own greater enlightenment and healing. So that was the thing that really kind of got me was the kind of you started to talk about Taoism and the interrelationship of uh, indigenous wisdom, um, and and really, you know, like, aren't can we can we be okay without plants, or how do plants really help us to change our consciousness and connect us with? Is it the is it the spirit molecule? What what is it that really helps us to make those connections? Yeah, well, scientifically, we have an understanding now of what it actually is doing within our brain, which is only probably 1% of what's actually happening, just what we can quantify now. But what it's really helping us to do is understand ourselves. Um, perhaps that's a result of the, the claustral network in the brain activating in, in a higher frequency gamma wavelength, or perhaps it's a, it's a result of uh, the pineal gland that's creating something more endogenous, such as uh, uh, a beta-carboline or something that becomes more of like a DMT endogenously. I mean, chemically, we're only starting to understand what's actually happening. Um, the, the thing that has been common throughout history is that uh, every tribe, every culture, every religion has used these plants in the pursuit of their own insight, in the pursuit of their own communal strengthening, and their own pursuit of understanding of, of, uh, of meaning. So, uh, I'm very interested. One of the things you started to talk about, and you know, on the mindfulness experience, one of the things that we're focused on is the confluence of mindfulness or meditation uh, with psychedelics, uh, with understanding artificial intelligence or understanding virtual realities, and really what it does for us. You talked about meditation 
as one particular area of the kind of you know gateway, if you will. Uh, do you believe that there's some interconnection with all this? Because you had mentioned something about meditation and using the product, right? Yeah, absolutely. That was the ritual that was followed by the, the I'll let Shaheen talk a little bit about the Zoroastrians, but certainly by the, the Taoists of, of, of an inner journey, oftentimes an inner journey done together in a group meditation setting where the plants, whether they're either imbibed or whether they were burned as insights um, for what we now know of, uh, of the absorption of different neurotransmitters, um, they were used at this purpose of helping meditation as the ritual that was specifically followed by the Taoists uh, of, uh, of early Chinese practices. Really? Wow. Yeah. Not, not different at all from the, the rituals that were followed by other shamanic traditions of the Amazonians or from uh, the Siberian traditions in which they imbibe perhaps different plants, but also for the same purpose here of, uh, of a, a group session or a group journey of uh, a deeper understanding of personal insight. So if we take a, if we take a look at really understanding uh, religion and all of its context and the sacrament of religion in most cases, you know, it's all within a church, a group, setting where individuals uh, you know sit down meditate they go ahead and uh, have the sacrament they go ahead and then you know commune with the immortal commune with whatever that ineffable you know quality of state of mind is or state of the world is tell me a little bit more about you know this perspective you mentioned Zoroastrianism and uh, you know I really like to understand uh, from that viewpoint uh, maybe you would mentioned Shaheen, you know, doctor, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, it's, um, so specifically about Zoroastrianism, you know, like, like, f first of all, I guess in that context, like, none of these are religion, like, they were, they were not the religions at the time, right? Like, they were just, they just, these teachings found followers later on and they became religion, but it was a philosophy, which the philosophy was basically how to tap into a, a sublime state of mind, how to have access to divine, you know, through practice. And with that, meditation was actually what Zarathustra or Zarasa, who was the founder of Zoroastrianism, you know, just basically just uh, preached about, like that you get this insight, you get by just sitting still and then basically just traveling and journeying within yourself. And interestingly, on the phenomenological side, this is called, there is a definition for this, it's called a reduction. A reduction is leap in, leap through the planes of consciousness uh -huh. in a way that like by sitting still, you may give yourself, yourself this chance that you just leap through consciousness in a way that you get into more like your divine self and then like, through connection to your higher self, you know how to live in this life in a better way. So, like, one of the things that we talk about, uh, and I truly believe, is there's the microcosm and the macrocosm. So an understanding, and certainly from a Taoist viewpoint, there's this understanding of the interconnection, the, the wu-wi, the feng shui, the, 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 you know, the yin-yang of uh, understanding our, our inner self and our outer self. Right, it's really that interconnection. So I truly believe that in our society, many of us have really gotten to the point where we're living life from the outside in, not from the inside out. And and the outside in is not necessarily the true outside in. It's really not an interconnection with the stars or the cosmos or the Milky Way galaxy, where you know we're getting all of our energy from. Right? I mean. 
you know, just that's where planet energy comes from, from the sun, from the galaxy, from the stars. So from the Zoroastrian or from the Taoist viewpoint, do you believe that the plant medicines or the um, rituals allow individuals to do that? And if so, you know, uh, doctor, I, I, I'm just trying to understand what is the biology or the physiology that might get us there? And does mindfulness or meditation or prayer from a religious viewpoint get us even further? Because we see this medicalization and I'm not sure it's enough. You know, I, I think that the real problem is a hole in the soul. You know, so let me just stop there. I, I threw out a lot to unpack and let me just hear maybe from the both of you. Maybe I'll start with the first half and let the Shaheen cover more the, the scientific, the medical portion of what's actually happening within their own physiology. But uh, I would actually even go a, a step like uh, a shallower versus the, the whole macro connection that we have. Like even from a connection of just human to human, we're starting to lose more and more of that as time goes on. And I think that's a natural progression of humanity. Um, do these plants uh, help you to enable this, uh, this deeper connection? The answer is absolutely yes. Uh, are they necessary for everybody? You know, the answer is no. Uh, and this is something that the Taoists had practiced over time, is a version of inner alchemy as well as external alchemy. And biologically, some of us are, are born differently. We may just endogenously produce more of, uh, of these types of compounds within our own uh, central nervous system that you know, some people may not need to have external alchemy to reach this deeper level of transcendence. But all of us have this different uh, ability within us. Um, you know, the plants are not necessary for everybody. They're certainly facilitators and enablers that will help uh, and it will help us chemically to be able to uh, reach uh, what the Taoists would term as transcendence, as the ultimate goal. Right. So, so this inner alchemy, the you know, a lot of people are kind of going woo woo, like you know, is that what does that mean? You know, inner alchemy. You know, like like you know, and, and we can talk about it in terms of you know projection or you know delusion or. Whatever, but what is what what is what what is all this inner alchemy? What 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 does it mean from the viewpoint of our brains or our synapses or our ability to interconnect with areas of our brain or our unconscious? Because we do know that we only use five percent of our conscious mind. Ninety-five percent is unconscious, and there's a synaptic interconnect or or lack of connection. So maybe you can, Shaheen. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a very interesting question because like I'm a scientist and the woo-woo part, like you always try to stay away from that. Like right. what is the real definition of the inner alchemy? And, and, and like specifically in this uh, Zoroastrian context, you know, and, and the experience of having or tapping into collective unconscious. So in that context, it was um, basically having the experience of death before dying. So this is very powerful because then it opens up, you know, another world to you. Which whoa, whoa, like, whoa, 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 death before dying? Before dying, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, so oh, okay, you got to unpack that. Yeah, so basically, like, this is this is exactly what Brian Maresco is talking about in his book, or, like, how to die before you die, or, like, some of the mystics in Iran, like Rumi or Hafez, has just, like, written poetries a lot on how to die before you die. So die before you die, like, so there's so many people that they think that that, that, that relates to your ego, just, like, the ego death and how you... Uh, experience like just the selflessness but we can we go we go even beyond that it's like literally die before you die which means that like to see into the other world to, to see into the realm of after death while you were still you know awake 
So that allows you to have a basically the, the epiphany, like the, the, a better understanding of what is happening, you know, like outside your own consciousness. And and with this specific compounds that Zoroastrian were, was, were using, so, so what happens is that under these beta carbolines, you have access to collective unconscious. So the, from the collective unconscious, you see into you know, realities that you usually have access to in, in a dreamy state or in, through your dreams. And these compounds, they put you in a dream-like state or a dreamy state. And it's very interestingly, like there are definitions, there are words that uh, we actually have used in, in Magi as well, like a start or uh, there is, they have another word which they are all referring to this physiological and psychological state, which is a state between dream and, and awakeness. Or the better way is just like to dream while you're awake. Right. So like lucid dreaming. So like basically the, the, the more advanced is where like some of the Zoroastrian priests, you know, like uh, out, out other worldly journeys was that they, they all refer to how they saw the realm of after death. And that is the powerful message that allows you to define yourself in a, in a, in a, in a microcosm. Oh, well, well, you know, you're speaking my language because one of the things that uh, I'm looking at now is the art of dying. And how do we... How do we die while we're, you know, how do we die to our, um, our our definition of who we are and really open up to a broader definition of, like, it's not the me or the we, but it's really about the us, right? Or maybe it's all simultaneous and having that opening or that awakening, most people aren't there. They're kind of saying, well, listen, I don't want to die. I just want to hold on to who I am. and live the best life possible. So we're really talking about dying or we're talking about uh, an aspect of not fearing death, so living life more fully. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's just like, like, again, to the wholeness, the definition of wholeness, these are all same, right? But there's one important caveat here, like, the, the, like one part of shamanism, which is one of the elements of that defines shamanism, is having a double soul. Like double soul is your basically just your higher consciousness, which is a copy of you in the realm of divine. So like all the shamanism they have had it like in Mesoamerica as well as Zoroastrianism. Uh -huh. So this is exactly where right. you were defining like from like inside out or from outside in, like right. the, the way that you define yourself. So when you have a reference, a datum to kind of like uh, move toward, which is your higher right. self, right. like in Zoroastrian defined right. as Faravashi, which is like basically it's your double soul, which is right. another person your in the divine. Self. Yeah, inspirational yeah. self, yeah. So then you have a direction, right? Like then you know, just put outside the medicalization world, like you have a direction to go, which is your, your, your light. Like the, your your person like in a in another realm which is a late realm of light. And isn't that really what spirituality or religion should be doing? Exactly. And yeah, that's why it originally began. I think it's become perverted over time as our societies have advanced, and it's very hard to have a, a very common message like that when you're at the population that we are today. But it was always about a, a group community of us all just better understanding ourselves, of developing our own meaning for ourselves, whatever that meaning may be. And maybe our own sense of agency. And I, I, I would wonder from a religious context, whether or not from a Judeo-Christian or from a Roman Catholic viewpoint of having, you know, moved from Zoroastrianism to Gnosticism to, you know, Christianity, Roman Roman Catholic Catholicism with the Nicene Creed back in, what is it, 320, 325 AD, 
you know, the formation of religion, whether or not they really took that out of the hands of the pagans, right? The the, yeah. the, the shamans, who were otherwise known as pagans. And I'd like your view of that in terms of where we are now. Do you think we're going through a, this, this you know, some people call it a third wave, some people call it a 5D, you know, level where the vibration is higher and the consciousness is being raised and we can get into some of that but you know here we are there are 5,000 people supposed to be at this conference 5,000 people at a psychedelic conference you know we've got the medical industry here we've got researchers here we've got John Hopkins here we've got a whole bunch of this is not woo-woo this is science that is really validating ancient wisdom so I'm just wondering your perspective about that because your company, you've got this product. Uh, I love the I love the name of the, the Magi. What what is the product? Yeah, Ancestral Magi is a line of supplements, nutritional supplements. These are different from a, a pharmaceutical drug that are um, non-scheduled, uh, unclassified by the DEA, and legal for use. And these are the same compounds that were used, or very similar compounds that were used from the same plant derivatives. Um, for this meditative purpose within the past. And ancestral magi, for those people who don't know, the magi were Zoroastrians. The magi were Zoroastrians. And the Zoroastrians were supposed to have identified where the new Christ would be born. So where did they get that knowledge from and why did they use Zoroastrianism as the focal point to go ahead and, you know, go ahead and basically propagate the story, right? Yeah, it's, um, I, I think like the, what is very specific about Zarahustra's uh, philosophy was he, like before him, in, 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 during the paganism, there were like multiple gods, right? Mm -hmm. So the distinction that he made was like there, were, there is one god and that one god is pure consciousness. So this, this is exactly what we are tapping into like today, right? Like they're just talking about pure like consciousness and how to raise consciousness. Just that definition like 3,500 years ago, that's been very progressive at the time. And then I did, based on that, the whole uh, Zoroastrianism and Ahura Mazda, which is the definition of, you know, uh, they, they, we call it God. I mean, I learned it as God, but like today you know that this, is, this was the pure consciousness that they were talking about. And then how you tap into or how do you dive into the consciousness, this is exactly, again, the practices like meditation, mindfulness, uh, breath work, or, you know, everything that is getting more customary, you know, within the, like, again, more esoteric or underground, um, or maybe just like, it's still growing, you know, communities today. Um, so you're really tapping into, with the Ancestral Magi, you're really tapping into this ancient wisdom. And I really was struck by the use of you know, meditation, the use of working with people, coming together, and your product line is sold over the counter, it's legal, doesn't have any psilocybin in it, specifically no scheduled one drugs or anything else like that. No schedule, no schedule, no schedule three, seven, no schedules, it's totally legit. So so how does the product, what, what's in the product? What's, what, what is it about, and, you know, is it like, is it like a secret elixir? You know, I mean, you know, what is like our, our, and a lot of people would think that we're getting into the kind of age of, you know, the, you know, people, you know, hawking their elixirs, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, well, we're not there. Can you talk to the product itself? 
because this is, I want people to really understand this is science, it's not just yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I want to put that on pause and let uh, Shaheen answer that question around some of the, the inspiration for what was uh, a brew known as Homa. You know, not dissimilar okay. from a like, kikion used by the uh, the Eloysians. But back to the original part, the uh, question that you, you uh, had asked about, this isn't just this woo-woo, uh, like, unquantifiable area that's out there. You know, every scientific discovery has always begun with uh, the, the three words, I don't know. And where does that scientific discovery come from? It comes from a thesis or a theory of something that might sound like magic. Like was it Arthur C. Clarke that said that anything that's uh, sufficiently technologically advanced at first appears like magic? Um, so if I were to go back to Anton von Leeuwenhoek, who invented the microscope, and say that we have these little microorganisms that, that get you sick, you look like, oh, you're talking about the devil. Like, well, we just have a better way of quantifying and being able to view what right. is now bacteria or viruses. We could never do that before. So does the origination of uh, what we, we might look at as uh, spiritual wisdom, is that all woo-woo? I think it's the beginning of a question that we're just getting better and better at answering. And we are far from having all the answers today, but through neuroscience techniques, through quantification of what's happening within the brain when you're uh, on a psychoactive substance, or even just when you're in a, a very spiritual or meditative state, that's helping us to just better understand the science behind what was traditionally, uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, I'm not going to dismiss it, I'm going to ask the question. That's a good, good. I, I, lo I love that. So it's really uh, being able to, uh, not, not being able to see where we're going, but being able to go ahead and like, like not being, like, it's the whole idea of the world is round versus the world is flat, right? You know, the science is showing us that the world is round or the science is now showing us that all of these ancient, all of this ancient belief or wisdom you know, of plants and so on and so forth, the scientifically validated. And you were going to go ahead and mention the science specifically. Yeah, yeah. so the uh, Magi uh, main compound is coming from a plant called the Span, which has been a sacred plant in, in Iran for, for many years, for about 3,500 years. And the Span is a wild rue or pegonum harmala. So wild rue or pegonum harmala has a group of compounds called harmala compounds that are uh, the same compounds that you find in Benistriopsis capi uh, wine, which is a one, basically one component of, of ayahuasca brew. So uh, what, what these compounds do exactly is like, uh, uh, unlike tryptamines that allows you to have this flush of very high entropic thoughts, what they do is that they, they open your, your, your mind into, again, to collective unconscious. So you have information that you usually have access to through like a dream or sleep. Uh, that is why like you get sick when you take ayahuasca. Like you, you always are in between this like dream-like state where you're open or at the same time like under ayahuasca you have access to DMT which allows you to process that information like on a very high, uh, high intensity. Uh, at the same time, your emotions are very stimulated too. So this is a full experience of ayahuasca and a subjective experience. So with Homa, which was the source of Iranian intoxication, it, uh -huh. it, it only had this group of beta carbolines. And based on the ancient text, when you're looking into those uh, referrals in terms of the subjective uh, experience, they always talk about this dreamy state. So Zoroaster found his revelations in a dreamy state. And like some Zoroastrians, they don't like basically just if you talk to Zoroastrians today, they are not associating their religion to any intoxication at all. But if you just like put aside any, uh, you know, like any judgment right. about like right. these drugs, like right. and then like look into the source, what happens is that there are 
a group of uh, receptors called imidazoline, which imidazoline receptors, like uh -huh. they put you in a hypnotic state or like a dreamlike state, which in this dreamlike state, you have these visions, like very vivid hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic visions, at the same time information that, that is where that leap of consciousness happens. But is this like happening with the product, Ancestral Magi? I mean, yeah, so we're able to, so through the product and through the meditative process as well, we're able to go ahead and take this product and really start to like have these visions or have these yeah. uh, altered we, we states of reality. There's one thing here that I want to heat yeah. to continue. Because I mean, we have product. to distinguish here, right? Of course, yeah. but it, it's not just the product and it's very similar to you know what, what we had discovered from right. the, the 50s and 60s around set and setting. Is the product is only one portion of it. The set and setting, where we which we might uh, interpret today as the intention and the ritual, is also right. a very important part of this. And this is where you don't always need the product to reach the state here. You know, for example, if you're in a deep REM level of sleep, you may not remember some of the insights that you've had. But if you can do it while you're waking, you're you're able to access much more of that. Right. So so when you go into meditation, one of the things I you know we wind up doing is certainly setting the intention. Right, you set the intention when you're sitting down. What is it, what's my intention, you know? And then from the viewpoint of going through your intention, your mind, your body, your spirit, you know, your fuel, the people that are in your relationships, your environment, all those things kind of come into focal point. And what I hear you saying is very much so when you're looking at using ancestral magi, that you're really looking at, it's not just about taking it like popping a pill in the morning, it's really using it with a set setting intention and like you know what what am i taking this for right yeah yeah so so back to your question like so ancestral magi is a formulation that we discovered out of like lots of studies like from biomarker studies to physiological to neurological to psychological and this is kind of like a, a mini dose of a full experience that uh, allows you to specifically for, for these use cases with, with meditation or lucid dreaming it kind of like allows you to get into a deeper state is like a like a little catalyst that gives you that 30 minutes of having no active thoughts you know to be able to just listen and be present um, and so it, it quiets the default mode network is that what you're saying is that or is that the in tension through the meditation process. Yeah, that's a, that's a controversial scientific statement there. Is it the default mode, node network? Is it the cortical colostrum? I mean, uh, because, you know, to, to be honest with you, we don't know, but we these are some know. of the theses that we're, we're trying to uh, to understand better and better. And when I say we, I mean the collective we, you know, researchers right. at Johns Hopkins, researchers at UCSF. Um, why exactly are they occurring? I mean, all of this begins with the scientific inquiry of, can I disprove it? Not a, can I necessarily prove it? Um, so I'd say we're, we're getting better and better about our understanding of what exactly is happening psychologically, physiologically, but it's still just the tip of the iceberg for what we so, know. So to be able to quiet the, whether or not it's the, yeah. you know, what, the whatever part, CCC, whatever sure. it is in the brain, and then to be able to go ahead and sort of go into the, you know, the, uh, underneath the iceberg of our consciousness into our unconscious mind, to be able to open up our receptors, to be able to really connect in with our oneness is what this is from a microdose. I won't. I'll, I'll carefully use that term, but from the standpoint of the product, really looking at it in that view, and then I think from a philo philosophical viewpoint, you're bringing much more to the party here than just the product itself. So, how do we? How do the collect again? The collective we, or maybe I'll just direct it to you. 
how do you transmit or you know transmute that knowledge or that wisdom in terms of the training or the development because it sounds to me in some way that you're really like training Jedi knights to go out there and really help individuals really understand the force yeah you know really connect in with their oneness connect in with the you know the power that yeah. they've gotten themselves and the power that they can create in the world yeah and it's it's powerful and I'm I'm asking you this question because I want to I want to sign up. How do I sign up? You know, Absolutely. like you know, where where where's my knapsack? Yeah. Where's my marching orders? You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, okay. I guess one important aspect of magi is that it's not just a supplement. It's a way of living literally. And the way of living is like we just try to look into what the ancient, you know, like wisdom was and in Zoroastrianism, it's very interesting. They have this concept called Vuhumana, which Vuhumana is the definition of the good mind. So we have designed the Magi for the good mind. And when you're talking with the psychedelic community, like everybody is talking about this elevated, you know, experience that, or this immense inner experience that you have. But there is no optimized define, uh, like definition for a state of mind that you want to tap into and you want to stay there. So the way that they define this, the good mind is based on how the good mind reflects in your life, which is the good deeds, good thoughts, and good words. And then uh, whatever mind that allows you to uh, basically, you know, just be in that state of mind, this is this is what we're trying to tap into. So, so this this is a supplement that allows you to get into state, to connect with yourself better, to be able to kind of like inspire and have access to the, to the good mind. So that uh, is the I, idea. I, I, I love this. It's uh, to me, it sounds like, uh, you know, where, where can I, you have, you have some on you? Like, <laughs> let me, you know, let's start right away. Yeah, anyway. So from a pricing viewpoint, is this for everyone or where are the price points and how do people really kind of, what should they expect in terms of ongoing you know, usage, I mean, I, I mentioned like a vitamin a day, I take a B12, I mean, do I take an ancestral magi every day? Is there a ritual process? Is there something around this, this, this concept, this movement, in terms of your view? Yeah, this the ritual, I really like that you use the word ritual. Ritual, habit, ceremony, I mean, these are all kind of synonyms for a, a similar concept. For how do you actually create something that sticks? You know, the, right. I mean, the, like all this research has shown you've got to do it for eight weeks in a row before it actually becomes something that's a part of your habit. Um, and, and, you know, we, we are not creating a, a church, we're not creating a religious organization. Um, this is not something that, uh, that is exclusive. It, it's something that's, that's very inclusive for anybody within their own practice because transcendence, um, achievement of the good mind, that means something different for every individual person. And, we don't want to dictate exactly what does that mean for you. Um, right. But something that is important for you is if you want to form a, a greater habit around mindfulness, around gratitude, around appreciation, it is important that you cultivate that every day. So what we do recommend is if it's if it's through either daily meditation first thing in the morning or last thing at night, meditate every day. Maybe every day you, you, uh, you want to have um, uh, uh, a, uh, a plant-induced or plant-supported uh, assisted meditation. Maybe some days that you don't. Um, maybe every day you want to go through a deep level of lucid dream and some nights they will not happen. But the important thing is that we have to continue to keep trying. I love that. I love that. I love that. That's, uh, that's great. And from a pricing viewpoint, um, if I wanted to order my supply right now, what would it cost me? 
Yeah, ancestralmagi.com. Uh, all of our products are, are, are up there. Um, I think we have our, our prices that are, are recently updated, but it's somewhere in the range of you know a dollar to dollar fifty per day. A dollar, dollar fifty per day, and I don't have to take it every day just based on intention. But bring the bring the kind of intention that I want into the into my every day, and then use this from a a ceremonial viewpoint, not a just in terms of really kind of recognizing that it's time for me to maybe go a little deeper. It's time for me to go ahead and really aspirationally bring some of my you know thoughts or my prayers or my intentions into the world my aspirations into the world uh, and that's the way you're looking at it am I right yeah so we define five use cases for for magi like four, four of them oh, are good. available in the website one is oh, for restful deep sleep um, that allows you like part of your sleep is like a, a REM sleep or like there's like Kind of like the deepest sleep is the, the part that allows you to re reinvigorate, you know, and come back you know, the next day with, with high energy. So one one of the use cases is for basically elongating that deep sleep. The second one is for uh, meditation, which is uh, basically what, one of one of the areas that we try to uh, put the product with a ritual out. Uh, the third uh, use case is lucid dreaming which again, there are so many people that they are journaling their dreams, so this allows them to connect with themselves in that state even deeper. And the last, uh, and the fourth one is around longevity, you know, uh, that is more around like neuroprotection and uh, basically just fighting with, neuro, uh, or, uh, fighting with neurodegen neurodegeneration, uh, which is like kind of uh, any disease like from Down syndrome, which is like early stage, an early life, or to the later stage, which is like, um, you know, Parkinson, Huntington, um, Alzheimer's, so it, it allows that neurodegeneration to slow down. So, so the four products, the ability to go ahead and basically, you know, somewhere around $45, a, you know, for a product, a monthly subscription, and, or you can buy it based on the usage, you can use it every day or use it basically intentionally, and uh, again, where do they buy it? Where do people find out more about the product? Ancestralmagi.com. Ancestralmagi.com. Great, great. And uh, you can follow us on, on, I think we're on all the socials. Uh, yeah, on the social, on the same same handle, Ancestralmagi, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can they can just buy and send mail order, so they receive it at their address. Great. Well, yeah, this we've has got been... a pretty large knowledge base as well around some of the best practices for meditation that incorporate some of the modern practices that we've learned about. For example, things like like uh, um, like heart breath coherence, which has been shown for a way of connecting effectively your emotions with your physiology. When you start like adding all these different elements together, and you began speaking about some of the you know the, the, the modern techniques of using like VR, AR, we have some tech providers that are here. You know, I, I don't look at any of this in this world here as it's science or religion or it's only technology enabled or it's only pharmacologically enabled. Like many of these play well together, and right. you don't always use all four together, but um, and. There is something sacred to, to having a woman when you're starting to combine all of them together? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Without question, you're able to boost the level and basically be able to transcend your daily struggles and really see the big picture. So that's what really attracted me to both of you and the ability to have this talk. So I really want to thank you very much for the opportunity to you know, chat with you a little bit here and at Wonderland, Microdosis Wonderland, uh, and uh, I look forward to I look, really look forward to learning more, and I, I don't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write you. You're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be one of your advocates. Thank if, you so if that's much. okay.
Uh, wonderful. It's an honor, Keith. It's Thank honor. you for uh, yeah. taking the time to spend yeah. with us Thanks, as well. Keith. Thanks for having Thank, us. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience podcast, the Microdose Wonderland interviews. There's more coming up, so stay tuned. Make sure to scroll through all of our podcasts on technology, mindfulness, and psychedelics, and much, much more. Connect with me on social media platforms. Visit my website at workmindfulness.com. This is Keith Fiveson. Thank you again. See you on the next show. Take care.